Hallelujah. Again, it's my privilege to be here this morning to bring us the word of the Lord. I want to specially appreciate Daddy for this wonderful privilege. It's a great honor. Thank you so much, sir, for the honor. I don't take it for granted. Can you lift your hands toward heaven as we worship the Lord in a moment this morning? Just whisper a word to God from the depths of your heart, a word of gratitude. You may not know enough reason why you should thank Him, but you will never outdo God. Thanksgiving must be a continuous stream from your heart. Just go ahead and give Him thanks this morning. Exalt His name, extol Him. Be expectant this morning to receive from the Lord. Talk to Jesus. You know, I always say it humorously. We have stamina and strength when we have to talk to men. But when it comes to talking to spirits, we are weak. And the advantage we have in the natural world is the depth we can travel in the spirit. So if we grow in wisdom, we understand that it's more important to talk to spirits than to talk to men. When you talk to spirits, you rule among men. When you are popular in the spirit realm, you are a god among men. For 40 years, Moses was laboring in Egypt. He had no stature. He had no relevance. He went to the wilderness. Another 40 years of his life, he was laboring. Until he encountered a spirit. And as he began to do business with that spirit, the last 40 years of his life was more significant than the first 80 years of his life. This is why our engagement and interaction with the spirit realm is the most potent aspect and dimension of our living. Can you go ahead and talk to the Lord? Make it a habit, not just in this service, but hereafter. Thereafter, continue. You must talk and receive feedbacks. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, this morning for another privilege that we have to learn and to receive from your spirit. Lord, we ask that you bless us with your presence. We ask that you open our hearts to receive the engrafted word with meekness. Lord, we ask that you strengthen, invigorate us from within and grant us the very capacity that is required to advance your kingdom and to become relevant both in time and eternity. Take all the glory in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. You may be seated. This morning, I want to show you keys. You know, when you hear a father tell you, pray, you'll be great. You will think you'll become great when you are 50. Because you will assume that he's great because he's older. You'll be carried away by his looks and his appearance, his fame, his influence, and you will not get the point. But if a young man like you is sharing things with you that are working, you will see yourself in his stead and you will know if he can do it, I can do it. I want to show you things that you will engage and you will trap dimensions of God for eternity. Paul said to Timothy, this charge I give unto you, Timothy. This charge. He had imparted the young man. He had prophesied over the young man, but he was showing him the responsibility he needed to do to domesticate every dimension that was communicated by spiritual impartation. So it's very important for us to understand 
the instructions that we must apply every day of our lives in advancing the kingdom. It will change our lives and it will keep us flying forever. Hallelujah. Last night we began our journey by looking at the pathway for next level. And of course we understood very well that there are many dimensions to advancing in the kingdom. But I decided to separate it into two broad categories. The spiritual dimension and the natural dimension. It's possible for a man to grow in God but be useless on earth. And it's possible for a man to be mighty on earth but be useless with God. These two extremes are not recommended for anybody. And I also made us understand that in order to be relevant and accurate, average is not the path to trail. You shouldn't say, okay, I will reduce my earthly relevance and reduce my spiritual relevance. I said, no. The pattern that must be followed is the standard of God as prescribed in scriptures. And I also made us understand that there are many functionaries of the kingdom that have come to give expression to the will and the mandate of the kingdom. But of all of them, no one reflected the will of God as graphic as Jesus did. So the Bible gave us a potent wisdom capsule to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I began to establish yesterday that even though Jesus was a being of power, he was formed out of the womb of power. The Bible said the Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Even though Jesus was formed of power, a creature of power, he never manifested the kingdom until certain kingdom requirements were followed. And even in his manifestation, there were gradients to his manifestations. His, he increased in the manifestation of kingdom dimensions to the degree that he aligned to those standards of heaven that were put in place. I let us understood yesterday that Jesus on earth as a man was not only a, a being of power, he was the creator. He was revealed as the life. He was revealed as the light. And he was also revealed as the as god right he was god he was creator he was life and he was light in addition to the fact that he was a being of power but jesus's life and the patterns that jesus committed his life to follow was a revelation to a generation because jesus was not only coming to live a life jesus was coming to show us the road map to god that is why he said I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus' life was a pathway revealed to this generation in order to be accurate with the kingdom. Jesus did not just come to die and save men. Jesus came to establish a pattern that anybody that must be relevant with God will of necessity follow. Jesus' life became the benchmark for everything that reveals the will of God and the standards of heaven. Hallelujah. So, Jesus' life... When Jesus left this world, the Bible said God enthroned him. He was seated at the right hand. That is a place of authority. The right hand is not the right hand side. The right hand is a place of authority in the kingdom. So Jesus reaching the zenith of the kingdom was a pathway. And I told us yesterday that even though in Christ we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places, experientially we must follow the patterns that Jesus has established in order to have that dimension that is a legality in the spirit become an experiential reality in time. 
This is the frustration many people have. They confess and profess who they are in Christ, but earthly relevance is always lacking because they refuse to follow the patterns that Jesus set. Jesus did not only come to execute the will of the Father and to provide a legal base. Jesus also gave us a pattern to bring us into the experience of the legal premises that he had established. And I told us yesterday that the first capsule that the life of Jesus revealed to us was the part of death. Jesus died every time he entered the promotion. The reason is simple. The Bible said the flesh wrestles against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. That means everything God gives you will never manifest unless flesh gives way. So long as flesh is standing, the provisions of God will never find expression. The provisions of God are granted allowance to the degree that flesh is tamed. This is why dying becomes the precursor to manifestation of greatness. Not because you must have to pay a price for it. God has already paid the price, but the problem is that you are a falling man. And every time the effect of the fall is revealed through you, that which God has provided can never manifest. So that pattern that Jesus revealed to us is a pattern that will make us to walk in experience of everything he has provided. And I told us the first death Jesus died to was death to fame. You may not tell yourself the truth, but I tell you, there is this thing in us that makes us always think it should be us. The testimony is not important until it's you. The person singing did not sing well until it's you. The applause should not come except it is you. If it is not you, there is that, that thing in you that makes you feel the other person does not qualify for it. Until it is you, nobody should be happy. Everybody is permitted to be happy when you are the one on the stage. If you are not on the one standing there, then everybody cannot be happy. That tendency is there. And so long as that tendency is there, God will be careful in announcing you. Because if he does, that fame, that glory will become the reason why you will fall. That thing will become the reason why you may receive the applause of men, but in eternity you will be small. Are we together? I'm just trying to give a recap before I go into the subject of this morning. So Jesus had to reveal to us that death to fame was the precursor for announcement in time. An announcement in time in itself is not just for people to know about you. It is to open access for kingdom advancement. The reason his fame went abroad was so that his message can follow. And as his message followed, the kingdom followed. So the idea is not for you to become popular. That's too mundane for God to invest eternal resources. It is too insignificant for God to just come. So when we use the word announcement, it's not, it's not in the sense that it sounds in English, so to say. When we talk about announcement, it's God creating allowance for the advancement of the kingdom. God is not just coming to say, uh, Victor and everybody. No, no, no. That's too mundane. Spiritual resources are too important. The Bible said, don't cast precious things to the swine. Are we together? Secondly, Jesus died to lust. Lust is an economy that the devil has introduced into every fallen man. Where he does everything he does for himself. Lust is an economy that the devil has introduced into the life of every man. That makes him enthrone his appetites as his God. And so long as your appetite is your God, you can never serve the will of God. Three kinds of lust the Bible reveals. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes and pride of life. These three dimensions, Jesus revealed that we must die to it before we can have authority in the kingdom. Listen, in Christ we have authority. 
But the exercise of authority is the degree to which we die to lust. Everything you lost after is your God. You cannot use the instrument of God when you are a servant of the devil. Until lust is destroyed in your life, that authority, you will only talk about it, you will not see it. This is why the devil, knowing that he was stripped of authority, no longer comes to confront you. He only comes with skill so that you can hand over your own authority to him. Please sit down, sir. Thank you so much. The devil knows. The Bible said in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 that God spoiled principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in victory. But the devil knows what to do to make you use your own authority against yourself. And the devil also knows what to do to make you hand over your authority to him. Adam had absolute authority over this realm. The devil came and brought the intelligence of lust. And when Adam submitted to it, the devil became the operator of the Adamic authority. Till tomorrow is called the Adamic authority, but it is wielded by the devil. So you can be the son of God, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you operate by lust, you will be a puppet in the hands of the devil. He knows what to do to make you serve him because lust is still operational. So for that reason, God never allows men to exercise authority beyond the degree that they've died to lust. Because if that is done, a man can kill his brother to satisfy his ego. A man can kill his brother to take a land because when he looked upon that land, he saw the, the possibilities that that land can give him. And on the strength of that loss in his heart, he can kill a brother. So such a man can never be given God's authority. If God wants to promote him, God will do everything possible to destroy lust. So Jesus showed us that the key to exercising spiritual authority is death to lust. Not necessarily that you are in Christ Jesus. Every one of us is in Christ Jesus, but our authority levels are different. Your experience will reveal that to you. That your authority level is not the same with another. The manifestations around your life will prove it. You can compose yourself, comportment, packaging, excellent. But I tell you the truth. If you x-ray your life carefully and see the sets of circumstances that enslave you, you will know you lack authority experientially. Not because the legal basis are not there, but experiential basis are lacking. Because debt have not been introduced. The third kind of debt that Jesus revealed to us, as we saw yesterday in scriptures, was a debt to affluence. Debt to authority in the sphere of our ordination. You are a pastor. As spiritual as this is, let me explain something. Your loss can be the anointing. Because you have realized that if you don't grow in the anointing, ministry will not grow. And every time you go on retreat, every time you go on fasting expedition, what you are looking for is higher anointing. That anointing has become your God. And the point will come when you are no longer conscious of what God is telling you. All you are conscious of is the anointing. The lust for ministerial exploit have taken the position of God. God himself will fight you. That was the dimension of lust, of death that Jesus revealed. Ministry was beginning to blossom. International relevance and recognition were beginning to come in. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, except the corn of wheat falls to the ground and die, it abideth alone. What kind of man is that? 
Why were you laboring, traveling everywhere, preaching? I thought you wanted the gospel to go to all around the world. The gospel that will go all around the world is the gospel of the kingdom. If you're lost, if you're, 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 you're lost for, for, for explosion becomes the reason, you will be the one going all around the world, not the gospel. This is why you see many evangelists today, their name is everywhere, but you cannot see the impact of the gospel. These guys are accurate. They are not sinners. Men who are righteous, living holy lives, they are in every city of this world, but you cannot see the impact of the kingdom. The church is in every corner of this world, but you cannot see the impact of the kingdom. The ministry has the, its presence everywhere, but you cannot see kingdom agents being raised. What is the problem? The problem is that we gave too much attention to ministerial expansion at the expense of the essence of God. So it's possible that the church can spread everywhere. It's possible that the name of a ministry can be everywhere, but the kingdom will not be there. Jesus revealed that the extent to which the gospel can be carried in the, in the ministries of, or, or in the ministries that God gives men is the extent to which they die to that expansion itself and allow God rule. So Jesus, even though he was trekking from one territory to another, he knew that at that point, he did not have the, 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 the approval of heaven to take the ministry beyond the borders of Judah. He was confined to talk to the Jews, to bring kingdom to the Jews. When the time was right and he ended on the cross, at that point, upon resurrection, he could tell the believers now, take this gospel to the ends of the earth. I must satisfy the requirement of the cross before the gospel can go to the ends of the earth. Today, today, I was listening to my father and the Lord have told us humorously. The first time he went out on media, people heard him and were like, is this a man? Who is this? First time he went out, he had invitations to 17 nations of the world. And he went to the Lord and God said, I didn't open any of them. Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense. Why did you put the, the messages online? I thought it's because you wanted it to go everywhere. There is a level of death you need to die to before your, 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 your message has the potential to transform lives. It's the level of death you experience that will determine the power of transformation that is in the message. Today, he has not gone to more than 10 nations. But all around the world, there are testimonies of transformation. Because he has died to ministerial affluence. You can be there and your loss is to be known. Your loss is that you want to have 30 branches in 30 nations. It sounds spiritual and beautiful. But it must be within the allowance of the approval of God part time. This is where spirituality becomes different from, from um, um, how do you call it now, motivational speaking. Motivational speakers will tell you the more expansion, the more influence. It's a lie. Influence has nothing to do with expansion. Influence is a spiritual essence. God will say, I will put your dread upon the people. So you can run through many lands where you have no influence. But when your dread is upon the people, even before you come, they quiver. They are two different things. But if a man doesn't die to that lust, he will do a lot of things, a lot of noise, a lot of shouting the impact will be little. This is why most times you come to 
We gather people in thousands, but when we want to do the real kingdom business, we see few people. 1,000 members in church, but when it comes to prayer, you have 15 people. Those are the people you have influence over. 2,000 members, evangelism, you have 25 people. Those are the people you have influence over. When Jesus resurrected, and the people were living in fear, the Bible says 500 disciples gathered at one point. All of them, no one, because he did not go beyond the boundary of the allowance that the Father gave him. He had no loss for expansion beyond God. Now, you need to get this balance. There's nothing wrong in expanding. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong in spreading the influence of the kingdom. But the watchword here is that, let that not become your lust. I hear Bishop David Oedeko very often. And Bishop will tell you, every step he took, he said, and God said... And God said, and God said. That's a man of faith that faith radiates out of everything he says. It looks as if if he coughs, the energy of faith is transmitted. But he will never take a step until God says. Have you not noticed that for many years, Bishop David was not on television ministry? Only church ministry. You will not see him on TBN. You not. Why is that so? They stayed in the boundary of kingdom allowance. Where the father says to stay, that's where they stay. You may see this man and be carried away by what's happening. and you are do- There's no try and error in this kingdom. There are those that God sends to the media. There are those that God sends to the villages. There are those that God sends into the territories of persecution. The Bible said, Zebulun will prosper in the house. Issachar will prosper in his travels. That's why you see a pastor want to go out on evangelism, on, on, on missionary journeys. When God says, sit here and raise a generation. Because you see the other person traveling and it looks as if everybody is talking about him. You too have become a traveling minister. You have deviated from your call. It is ministerial loss that brings such tension. And that is what introduces competition into the work of God. And competition is the reason why we cannot have unity. And because we have no unity, we have no corporate stature and synergy to challenge territorial spirits. The guy who should sit down and raise a generation, he sees another one traveling, him too wants to start traveling. Who told you that path is in your ordination? But his lost will not let him. He will travel and the ships will remain babes. Everybody will know you. There's no doubt about it. But when you go to heaven, when God marks your scorecard, he will find out how many statured men have you raised. Because I wanted you to raise 30 apostles. 25 governors. I wanted you to raise 400 prophets. I wanted you to raise 30 evangelists. But you were not there. Your loss for ministerial explosion took you away from where I planted you. I heard Bishop said something. He said he has been in Lagos. He doesn't know the road anywhere. He only knows the road to the airport. Sitting on your job. These men have, you will hardly see them miss a Sunday service. In Europe, he will travel on Saturday and reach Lagos 3 a.m. in the morning. That's where the assignment is. We are young people. We need to learn these things. Ministerial loss can take you away from your calling. You will do something that men will hail and applaud, but heaven will find you wanting. When the scales of balances are revealed, you will discover that you are light. Ministerial lost. Jesus died to it. The fourth death Jesus died to, as we saw yesterday, was death to his will. Not my will, but dying. Many times in your life, you will come to that junction. 
Most times, discernment is not a function of the light you see in the spirit. Most times, discernment, the weight of discernment is predicated on how many times you can choose the will of God. You may not hear a voice, you may not see a light, but you can never deny the will of God. It comes to your heart. That's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. Many never choose the will of God. And those junctions where the devil brings those temptations to make you choose your will, they are the times when the heaviest matters of your destiny are discussed. You may not be aware, but the courts of heaven have sat down and decided that this is your promotion, but they allow it to you so that God will not be unjust in his reward system. But many times we choose our will. That's why our windows pass us by. Our windows. Imagine if Jesus chose this will in Gethsemane and did not go to the cross. Hope you know they can't kill him. He said, no man can take, take my life. He said, this commandment have I learned of the Father. I have known how to take my life up and to lay it down. So if Jesus had chosen not to go to the cross, he would have been alive for another 10 years. But what would have happened is that the calendar of heaven would have been distorted. Every time you choose your will against the will of God, you distort the calendar of your destiny. The reason most people never get married on time is because they distorted many destiny calendars. At the age of 25, you have slept with 10 men. You didn't know that your husband came and, and left. Because when you distorted heaven's calendar, your discernment was lost. So you could not see as God sees. Because you had come down to the plane of your senses. The will of God is a keda in the spirit. Every time you choose it, you go higher. And can I tell you something? Spiritual advantage has to do with height. Consistency with the calendar of heaven is the degree to which you obey the will of the Father. An angel may not appear to you to tell you, next year we promote you. But as you keep choosing the choices of God, you will discover that your life will align to the patterns of heaven. People cannot explain your progress. Wise men choose the will of God. Most times it's not palatable, but choose it and you will discover that the honey can be hid in the carcass. The will of God. It will kill competition. You will be doing well on your own lane. Let me tell you something. That somebody else is growing doesn't mean you are failing. Put that tension away. Follow Jesus. The Bible said some rot the they shattered the foundation of nation. Some wrought righteousness. Some put the armies of the aliens to flight. Some point the violence of fire. Some shot the mouth of lion. But he came and said there were some that the world is not worthy for their names to be mentioned. That means those ones, their, their exploits were not seen of men. Only angels took note. There are some people that you will never hear that they are called. But every day of their life, they invest 10 hours of tongues. Those are the people that make churches to prosper. Those are the people that make the move of God to visit a generation. Who told you there was anything they would have written concerning Anna the prophetess? 84 years she lived in the temple day and night fasting and praying. There's nothing to write about her. But heaven knows that this one has stature. What will you write about Epaphras? There were many pastors in Colos. There were many evangelists in Colos. But Paul, when he entered into heaven and he saw by the intelligence of priesthood, he knew that Colos, the church in Colos and the work of God in Colos prospered because of Epaphras. How about the pastors? They are doing a great job. But ranking in the spirit is not a function of how much people see. 
ranking in the spirit is the degree to which you align with the will of God. Epaphras is one of you. A born servant of Christ, laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So the reason Christians were standing perfect in Colossus was because Epaphras was behind the cave praying. You will never hail him as an apostle. He doesn't even have a title. You will not even know his office, but he's a son of God. That's why sonship is one of the highest ranking in this kingdom. You can be an apostle, not a son. But you can be a son, not an apostle, you'll be more ranking. Because a son understands responsibility. A son lives his life according to the will of God that is littered before him. He doesn't take a step until God says move. Such men, they can open the heavens at will. That's the kind of life Jesus revealed. It's a kind of death. You will die many times in this kingdom. You will die many times. Many times. This is where true promotion lies. That's why you, some men, you don't like them, but you can't do anything about them. You want to publish things negative about them. You want to bring scandal. That scandal is what will make them popular. Because what backs them up is spiritual. What pushes them forward is an invincible finger. You can't see it. They do their business in deep waters. They do not study the Bible. The Bible says they that travel to the deep, they see the works of God and they behold his wonders. They have understood the intelligence of the will of God so much that they choose the path of trust. So even though it doesn't make sense, they choose God. Even though it doesn't sound sensible, they choose God. They know the language of trust. Those are men that understand death to their will. The will of God is what really resonates around their lives. That's why Jesus was invincible. You can't kill him. So long as he was following the calendar of heaven, at a point they took him to the cliff and wanted to throw him away. He allowed them, when they carried him to the point where they thought he was vulnerable, the Bible said he walked through them. I didn't know what, how can a man walk through a mob? A frozen time. That's what happened. A frozen time. That time when he walked through them is not in time. So the people were lost. See, they stood like this. We go kill him, we go kill him, we go kill him, we go kill him. When he reached the edge of the cliff, he now pressed the button in eternity. So they stood like this. When he walked through them, they forgot what they were doing. You don't know how men become invincible. Through promotion. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. I will choose God any day, any time. I don't choose things. I don't choose advantage. I don't choose men. I choose God. I choose God. You don't know. As of January last year, we were, all we knew to do was pray. We were just praying in tent. I got tired. I said, Kai, oh boy, I wanted to take my PhD to India. Concluded everything, contacted the professor. All right, sent, submit everything approved for me to go to India. My friend came and said, oh boy, God said, you won't, he won't put you for waiting in the duo. What do you mean? I said, okay, let me pray about it. On my birthday, God now came and said, cut some of your clip and put online. I put the clip online. In 14 days, I received calls from 17 nations. Not to say I've heard it come to our country. How can somebody's life change in 14 days? When you choose God, he can. By now, I've been in the lab doing PhD in India. Jesus taught us these are secrets. Sometimes when the spirit is dealing with you, much, much information is captured in what he's not saying. 
That's why wise men watch. Because a spirit can say a word, but everything happening around is the message. You may not see it. The life of Jesus is a roadmap. You must follow it. The third thing he died to was shame. Can you die to shame? You are too full of yourself. You want everybody to hail you. That's one of that was my greatest weakness. Do anything, but don't embarrass me. Do anything you want to do, don't embarrass me. And God say, eh, since you are so special, I will always reduce you. I fought it, I tried. I will fight everything to keep the record straight. Men that fight to defend themselves, they lose the energy of God. When men become wise, they allow God to fight for them. I was listening to Bishop Oedepo, and then he came home. The wife says, see you. They are talking about you on the television. He collected the remote, he offed it. He said, it's not me. They can't talk about me. He has one policy, no retreat, no surrender. Let, lead them, let them talk. You want to be promoted in this kingdom. Death is the pathway. That was what Jesus revealed. The Bible said, why they revived him, he revived not. They accused him, he kept quiet. Is it because he doesn't know how to talk? No. There are men God fight for. The men God fight for are the men that despise the shame. You go online, you try. They say one thing, you bring five counter-attack. Your ministry will become a ministry of counter-attack. Because people will talk. And they will talk until you die. But do you know something? I told you yesterday, dead men have no opinion. Only a dead man does not respond to accusation. You are too careful, you will deploy the resources of the flesh. That's when you will resurrect your old man. Because you want to prove a point. You won't wait on God. They say, you did this, you did this. Then you sat down the whole night, you couldn't sleep. You are looking for the intelligent strategy to counter it. What you are doing is that you are going back to resurrect the old man. But the Bible says concerning the spiritual man, be anxious for nothing. In all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. They say you are a thief. Thank Jesus. At least somebody is talking. Kadosh, Kadosh. You are mighty on your throne. If you studied all this form of death that Jesus died, there are three major things he gave Jesus. One, approval with God. Two, authority. And three, the glory. These three things are what every man needs in order to stand and survive the test of time. Approval with God. Authority and glory. Wisdom, life, everything is encapsulated in the glory. That's why I didn't mention things like wisdom and all of that. Wisdom, the glory, is the essence of God. God submits himself to you as a, an economy to spend from. Every time you need anything, God is available. That's a man that works in the glory. Authority is for men that can advance this kingdom. If you don't have authority and you have good intentions, you will remain good intentions. The kingdom will not advance through you. So those three major things were the economies that Jesus walked into. This morning, I want to share with us as I take it a bit further. Are you being blessed already? Like fire, like rain, let your glory fall. Like fire, like rain, let it fall. Like fire, like rain, let your glory fall. Like fire, like rain, let it fall. 
I told us yesterday that it's important we define next level within the context of the kingdom. Because if we don't, we may begin to sponsor our ambition and call it next level. If we don't, we'll begin to sponsor our lust and call it next level. If we don't, we'll begin to sponsor our human motivations and call it next level. This is why I began from the premise of death. Not because that's the totality of next level. But I needed us to come to a point where we see George and explain realities from the context of the kingdom. Because if we don't do that, everything we celebrate in time may have no relevance in eternity. Somebody else can define next level as promotion in the office. That is part of it, but that's not all there is to it. If that's all there is to it, then it's, it's a shame. Because the person that owns the company you are working in, I wonder what he will call next level. And some of them are godless people. Imagine you are working with Dangote, and then your next level is you are promoted from a branch manager to a regional manager. And then that's all there is to next level for you. So what is Dangote's case? That's why we can't define these realities from earthly context. We must come into the kingdom and see the way God sees it. Alright? If you call next level explosion in your account, bank account, what will you now say about the person that gave you the bank account, the, the money? If you call next level flight, in the, now I travel on 10 flights in one week. How about those that owe the airlines? What would the owners of the airline call it? Meanwhile, some of them are unbelievers. So as important as material prosperity is, as important as promotion in the natural is, it's important for us to understand that next level is only to the degree that the kingdom of God can be advanced in our lives. If the kingdom of God begins to gain traction and advancement through us, you will notice that all these things will become byproducts. In Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom. All other things will be added. So your promotion in the office will be added. Your material promotion will be added. Wisdom for business will be added. Strategy for excelling in life will be added. But the epicenter of progress and prosperity in life is the kingdom. So Paul, right, John writing in 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, he said, I wish above all things that thou mightest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. The functional word there is even. That means you are only allowed prosperity in every other aspect of your life to the degree that your soul prospers. The degree to which you know the Lord. The degree to which you are committed to the Lord. The degree to which the kingdom can prosper in your hand is the degree to which other aspects of prosperity in your life will be operated. If there is no growth in the kingdom, if there is no growth in the knowledge of God, money will become a weapon, a dangerous weapon in your hand. You don't have any reason as a preacher to expose a believer to anything material beyond the degree of God that he knows. The extent of God to which he has apprehended is what determines the extent of material prosperity that should be handed to him. If you allow it, then something else have aided him, not God. And it's a risk. 
is a very big risk. So when we come to kingdom context and we begin to judge promotion from kingdom context, you'll be amazed that we may not mention anything material. But as you follow this ladder, you will discover that every other thing that people run helter-skelter to get, they will be flowing naturally. And I'm not talking about this lazy theology where men of God, because they sit down, people sow seeds to them, they tell people to be irresponsible. That's not what I'm talking about. When I say everything will be added to you, I'm talking about even the wisdom for business. How to do business, what business to do, they will come to you by free course. The strategy for subduing this world will come to you. Everything will come to you. The loyalty of men will be committed to you. But first, you must understand the ladder of growth in this kingdom. I will show you three of them this morning. And then we'll begin to pray. The first strand of progress in the kingdom is on individual basis. I call it individual strand of progress. And remember, these things I'm sharing with you, the impact and efficacy of these things is to the degree to which you have died. That's why I explained the kingdom from the context of death, of death to everything that is of the old creation. Everything I listed is of the old creation. So these points I want to share with you this morning, as simple as they are, if you commit your heart to journey in this path, you will be amazed what will happen with you. You will be amazed the level of growth that you will experience. You will marvel at the degree. It will look as if the laws of nature are compelled to work in your favor. It will look as if men are commanded to serve you. You will be so amazed the way things will work. If I were to be walking in this part of the country, probably I will even be a grandson to daddy. You know, for, for example, I don't see myself standing on this pulpit. You see, I'm more comfortable walking there. <laughs> but God carried my image and put it in his heart and said, bring him. That means, if it's by ministerial ranking, if it's by grace, if it's by anointing, I shouldn't be standing here. I'm standing here because there is a spiritual operation going on around my life that myself cannot explain. Something is happening around you that yourself cannot explain. People will come to you and say, how is this thing happening? You don't know. With all humility, before November last year, myself and my friend, we didn't even know which invitation to accept. They come in drones that invitations have become a distraction. What am I preaching that somebody else is not preaching? What am I saying? It has nothing to do with what you are saying. There are patterns in this kingdom that if you commit your life to, the laws of the spirit are compelled to work for you. Men are compelled to align with you. The Bible said, even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. God gave favor to the Israelites that they spoiled the Egyptians. You were a captor. You were, you were a captive, rather, to these people for 430 years. All they gave you was were pain and penury. What happened all of a sudden? Now you can walk to the, your neighbor and tell him, give, him your, give me your gold, and he will give you. There is a mystery. 
if you grow in the direction of the kingdom, you will be amazed the things that will happen around your life. You will now know that a believer is not supposed to struggle. Not just because it's a promise, but there's a channel to follow that will make things to work in your favor. You will now know that when you struggle, it's not because God has not provided enough. Everything you need is provided. Go study the scripture. You will discover that the needs of believers are all in past tense. There's no need of a believer that is in the present continuous tense. They are all in past tense. Be it healing, be it forgiveness, be it wealth. They are all in past tense. That means everything has been paid for. But why you struggle is because there are things that you are not obeying. There are patterns that are revealed that you are not conforming to. There are laws that you have violated. That is why as mighty as God is, he looks vulnerable in your life. Most of the things we pray for are a waste. But we will not follow the patterns. We will not yield ourselves for God to become mighty in our lives. That's why we struggle. There is a direction for progress in this kingdom. The first strand is individual progress. Or what you will call individual next level. I will show you from scripture. You will see what informs the, the, the bedrock of apostolic doctrine. Apostolic doctrine is designed to make a man relevant both in time and eternity. With preference given to eternity. Because everything we do in time is just a privilege given to us to maximize our possibilities in eternity. Time is a privilege given to us to maximize our possibilities in eternity. So the goal is not time in itself. So every time a man grows according to the dimensions that were revealed in kingdom, what you see on earth is nothing compared to what is in eternity. And I want to show you three of those strands this morning. And we'll pray for God to help us. The first strand is the individual strand. First John chapter 2. From verse 9, from verse 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the evil one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Promotion in this kingdom is from a child to a young man to a father. Everything that Jesus paid for and completed is what makes you a child in this kingdom. You don't need to do anything to be a child. No responsibility whatsoever is conferred on you because you are a child. You are a child because you were born. The Bible said in John chapter 1 from verse 12, verse 10, 11, it said, He came into the world, the world received him not. 
He came into his own, but his own knew him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. You are a child because you are born. You are a child because God chooses to adopt you and to bring you in. He has nothing to do with you. Jesus completed, perfected and concluded it. Every one of us here did not choose the family we should be in. We did not choose the state we should come from. We did not choose the country we should come from. Because you are not consorted to be a child. You are just born to be a child. Many people remain at the level of children in the kingdom. That is why their possibilities are maligned. Even though they have the potential of earning and wielding every possibility that is in the kingdom, they never experience it. The experience of the dimensions of God that are locked into the kingdom are not available to children. The Bible said in Galatians 4.1, it said the heir, so long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, even though he be Lord of all. This is why we confess many things, but we never experience it. The problem is that we are children. Give a child a car, that child will destroy it. Give a child money, that child will waste it. That's why all the child knows is the father. The word father is the word pata. Pata means sustainer, nourisher. You keep giving a ch- to a child. You keep nourishing a child. But no matter how much you receive, there's no promotion. You are only being a burden. So if you come for a next level conference, and all you came for is to receive prophecies, all you came for is to receive impartation, you are a child. I tell you the truth, in the next month you will need another impartation. In the next month, you will need another encounter. In the next month, you will need another provision. Because all children do is to squander. Daddy bread in the morning. Daddy bread in the afternoon. Daddy bread in the evening. That's where a lot of believers are. So no matter what you receive, you are not promoted. If you remain a child. Promotion comes when you migrate from being a child. This is kingdom context. I tell you the reason why the number of Christians in Nigeria is increasing but the texture of our faith is not mirrored in the territory. Because there are too many babes. There are too many children. Nobody takes responsibility. People can't even take responsibility for their salvation. They can't take responsibility for family. They can't take responsibility for territories. Every time we come to church we are expecting to receive something. None of us have a contribution for the kingdom. We are children. There are too many children. Even on the altar, there are children. You see somebody strain himself, grows in a gift, and all he uses that gift for is to manipulate people and to collect resources from there. You are a child on the altar. Many people, strategies, money to evening, strategies. Church is growing and he thinks it's progressing. All he wants to do is to look for the message that appeals to the people so that the pew can be filled. You are a child. When men begin to rise in this kingdom, Territories will begin to feel the impact. If our gospel have no stature to challenge territorial spirits and to alter spiritual paradigms in territories and to change civilization, we have only children. That's the body of the now. The church is not growing. We are only increasing. Father, Father, that's all we know. When true kingdom promotion begins, people migrate from being children to young men. What did he say about the young men? The word of God abides in you. 
you are strong and you have overcome the evil one. That means young men take responsibility for themselves and for their territory. Young men are the ones that insist that the will of God be done. Look at the progression of Jesus' prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's child level. It grows to a young man. Thy kingdom come. The burden of a young man is not what he can receive from God. He is already aware that everything God has to offer, he has it. That's why I say the word of God dwells in you. He has exercised his senses in the world to discern. The Bible said, as newborn babes, First Peter 2 verse 2, desire the sincere meek of the world that you may grow thereby. He said in Luke chapter 2 verse 40, the child Jesus, I showed you that Jesus' life is a roadmap. The child Jesus grew. That was Jesus' promotion. He grew in wisdom and in favor before God and before men. Luke 2.52, he said he grew in wisdom, in stature and in favor. That's a child who is growing in the kingdom. That's promotion. That's next level. Luke 180 concerning John. He said he was in the wilderness until the time of his showing forth unto Israel. Why? He needed to grow. Sometimes to grow, God will change your location. But children will never agree because they are looking for milk and honey. Sometimes to grow, God will ask you to depart. But there are many 40-year-old Christians. They've been in church for 25 years. But they are children. Because they defied the protocol of growth. That's why this thing begins from death. You must first of all be a sacrifice to accept the demands of the kingdom. Because sometimes growth is not at home. Sometimes growth will require you to walk through the fire. Sometimes growth will require you to be thrown into the water. And you struggle. And God helps kingdom promotion you must migrate from a child how much of the word of God do you have people they want to get married what does God say about marriage he knows nothing and then you want a young lady that have kept herself for many years to be brought into the confusion of your life what does God want you to do he has no idea what assignment has God given you? You have no idea. But you came to the church. is the most zealous and serious sister that your eyes on. Are you not a joker? Your destiny is being ruined. You want to ruin another's. A child. You see, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God and grow thereby. The reason the young men are strong is because they have done business with the world in deep waters. It's a day that travel to the deep. They see the works of God. You have not seen the works of God because you've not done business in deep waters. He said they behold his wonders. His wonders. When the ship is about to capsize, their heart fail. Then they learn the way of trust. They know how to call on the name of God in the desert and God will show up. They are young men. They can confront territorial spirits and insist that in this land things will change. You may look at them and say they are not moving. You are the one who is judging in the flesh. In the spirit, they are ranking men. They are receiving their badges. You may not be aware. When Jesus showed up, he looked at John and he said, Of all men born of women, there is none greater than John. 
John was wearing camel skin and eating locusts and white honey. According to the standards of men, is the least in the society. But in the ratings of heaven, when the annals of eternity are opened and the scales of eternal balances are revealed, that's when you will know men that have weight in the spirit. They are strong. Strong meat belongs to them who by reason of use have exercised their senses. God spoke of healing. They sat there until they came to a point they saw healing in the spirit. God spoke of deliverance. They sat there until they saw it. Because knowledge in the spirit is not a function of study. Study can bring you to a place where you can see the light. But it must be an impartation of the light of God. So when they study, their heart is open to see him that is encapsulated in the scriptures. Sometimes it takes years. But when you come to that point where that light can be transmitted, then you become. Because when you see him, you will be as he is. Young man. Promotion in this kingdom is not car. It's not money. Promotion in this kingdom is not wealth. It's not connection. It's growth in the spirit. There's a level you grow to. Those things will become byproducts. If I was not growing myself, do you know how much appointment? I will book appointment for one year before I see daddy. You don't understand. That's why I honor this privilege with my life. And I value the days that I subjected myself to process. Most of the people you are struggling to see, don't waste your time. You will not see them. Because it's not this your reality they will see. Men don't see children. Kings don't see children. Grow up. When you become a young man, those doors will open on their own accord. That's promotion. You don't know why you are working for a whole month and you get you, all you are receiving is 20 naira or 20,000. Thank God for that level. But there is more. When you grow, when you grow, you'll be amazed. Why do you think most times we shut down our lives? We go to primary school, we don't look for a job after primary school. We go to secondary school, we don't look for a job after secondary school. We go to the university. At least we have first degree because, before we look for a job. Because the world responds only to value. Young men have been the stature to challenge the evil one. What is it that you see that you can change? Until you grow to a level where you begin to change things, you have not you have not been promoted in the kingdom. There were many things that won and prevailed over you last year. They are not permitted to prevail over you this year. You need to grow. But to grow, you do business with light. The light of God that is encapsulated in his words. You must sit on it until that light begins to bring you illumination. You must sit there until by prayer those things are revealed. Did you not see the words of Jesus? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. If you live by bread, you will be a child all your life. A point must come where you must live by the word of God. So they can prepare a good meal, but the word comes to you and says, don't eat today. Now you have entered another level with God. There is no sin for eating. But what? You are living by the word. The word is superior to food now. Don't eat today. You don't know why. But you know that something is happening in the spirit. And God wants you to participate. So what is happening to you at that time is a summon. But many believers have not understood it. They think when you tell them God is here or an angel is here, they think, okay, he's having faith. <laughs> We don't see, all of us don't see the same things. That's why our results are not the same. 
when the world comes, say, don't eat next week. What is happening is that you have been promoted to a level where you should attend a court session in heaven. But a child will go ahead and eat. So his soul cannot trap the energy that is required to advance him into heaven. All his life, heaven will be Bible story. But there are men on earth today that visit heaven and come back regularly. There are men that interact with Jesus on a weekly basis in this world where you and I are living. The only Jesus you know is what you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. You are a child. I write unto you young men because the word of God dwells in you. Because you are strong and you have overcome the evil one. When you are promoted in this kingdom, you will notice that your walls will carry weight. Things that you were calling prayer warriors to pray for before. Now you will say it. You don't need to close your eye and act serious. Authority is not a function of your disposition. It's a spiritual bequeather. It's a spiritual investment. I read a story about W.F. Kumuye, our precious daddy. So if people were struggling to cast out demons, and then he came, he said, leave him, he's free, leave him. Ah! I thought you want to cast out demons, he said, in the name of Jesus, out. <laughs> there are places in this kingdom. Some people have become the emblem of the name of Jesus. When they appear, demons see Jesus on them. Rehad Bonke entered a, a, a shop to buy something, and the man saw him and began to cry. And he asked the Lord, why is he crying? And Jesus told him, he saw me in your eyes. Some of us, we call the name of Jesus. Some wear it. So when they show up, demons flee because they wear the name of Jesus. That's why your doctrine will be defective if you don't understand God in the spirit. Some breathe Jesus. So they can come and breathe on you and the demon flee. Did you not study about Peter that his shadow was casting out devils? Did Jesus tell us to cast out demons with our shadow? He said, in my name. The name of Jesus in the life of Peter have transmitted into shadow. So the name of Jesus is in the shadow. Because of the depth where he was standing in the spirit. Promotion. I write unto you fathers. Because you have known him that is from the beginning. That's promotion in the kingdom. You see that. For children is constant. You have known the father. Your sins are forgiven. For young men there is a little migration. From the word of God is in you, you have overcome the evil one. Two, the word of God is in you. You are strong and you have overcome the evil one. Because the glory of a young man is his strength. But the glory of the old man is his gray hair. Those ones, they may not necessarily perform. But they are the, they are the seed that God puts in the generation as a testimony of the move of God. That's why no matter your manifestation as a young man, the day you insult a father, you will discover that your oil will drop. You know why? That thing you are manifesting, they are the ones that preserve it on earth. They are the custodians of dimensions. That's why I say, I write unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. So they stand on earth as witnesses of eternal dimensions and heritages. There are things you will never enter until you pay allegiance to the man that represents it in time. I heard a story told by Benihim himself. And I shared it humorous. And I shared because Benihim shared it on a public space. See, forget this arrogance going on. Then you go on Facebook and you say, How can you call a name of a man that has served God for three decades 
You are not afraid. The devil is ministering to you. Kenneth Copeland, the father of faith, spoke against Benihim and he took ill. He applied all the laws of faith that he knows and that have worked for him for more than four decades and none of them was working. He now went back to God and said, ah, why can't I be healed? And God said, you touched my servant, Benihim. You will check the Bible, you will not see it as a doctrine. But it's a reality in the spirit. The Bible said in Songs of Solomon chapter 4 verse 4. He said the mantle of many warriors. The mantle of many warriors. They are the neck of the tower of David. Those fathers, they are the ones that represent the weird dimensions of God as garments. If they leave this world and there's nobody to succeed them, they will be hanging in the spirit. There are certain things that are meant only for fathers. That's why even if the man is sitting in his house, you may be operating healing because he's still in that territory. You will think it's a joke, but you will not understand. We read the story of Reinhard Bonke of blessed memory. How that he left a Bible school going to catch a train for Germany and he heard that one of the Jephthah brothers was in the house. And he saw the name, he said, ah, he said this. He, he wanted to enter the stop in and the man said, allow him to come. And when he came, he struggled, placed his hand on him and blessed him and laid back. Before he reached Germany, the man died. But Reinhard Bonke will proceed to become one of the greatest evangelists of all time. Not because he went to Bible school. There was a grace and a trust that a father held for many years and he handed it over to him. Some fathers can even fail. The grace on their life has not failed. The oil has not been corrupted. The witness and the testimony that they have is eternal. If you are wise, look away from the error because it is the one that owns the servant that determines whether he's standing or falling. You are not the one that has the meter of heaven. The scales of balances in the heavens are not with you. Their witnesses and testimony are immortal memorials in heaven. And until they speak over your life, there are certain gates in the spirit that will not open to you. I know many arrogant people will argue. When they hear you talk, they come up and say, this is wrong, this is wrong. Meanwhile, they know all the truth, but they are in one corner all their life. And they will not come down to learn. When they see a post, they say, how can you say this? Is this not like this? You will talk like that for 10 years. Then you will realize your folly. The second dimension of growth is corporate. It's from welfare to warfare and to immortal establishment. When you come into the kingdom, every resource that you ever need was already culminated in Christ and it was put into you by the Holy Ghost. Ask for bread hundred times, God will give you even much more than you have asked. He was the one that invited us to ask and we shall receive. Seek will find, knock, the door will be open. Welfare is the first package of the kingdom. But if you stop at the level of welfare, no matter how much of it you have, there's no promotion in your life. 
until you migrate from welfare to warfare. Because in warfare, there is committal of trust to represent the kingdom. If you study the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you will study and understand something about this man. Most of them were mighty on earth with great resources, but it was not numbered there. Because what God gives you makes you relevant in time. What you give God makes you relevant in eternity. If all you know about God is how to receive, you are a child. That's why children only know the father. The father is what? Pater. It means sustainer. In, Hebrew, in Hebrews, it's called fundus. It means foundation. But there's a point where God wants you to come up. And then you ask him, what will you have me do? You migrate from being a man that consumes to be a man that is deployed. So we journey from welfare to warfare. That's when we grow. In Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible began to reveal different dimensions of warfare that men that were promoted in the kingdom engaged in. The first warfare that was necessitated in the dispensation of Noah was a warfare of purity and righteousness. God needed to purge the world. Everybody was trapped in the abundance that was in the world. So they became men of the flesh, men of pleasure. In fact, the Bible said until the day the flood came, people were still living in merriment. They were still enjoying and partying because it was a generation that understood the intelligence of, war, of welfare. Every time they know what to say to receive from God, they can carry all they have and sow it as a seed because they know that when the seed hit the altar, there will be a hundredfold reward. So they say they are, they are big in the kingdom. They need a car. They go and drop their last hundred thousand and then they receive a car of three million. They say, avoid oh this kingdom. That's why they walk home. All they know is welfare. They are the level of welfare. Their wisdom and intelligence of kingdom oppression is at the level of welfare. If we raise a generation that only master and understand the faith that receives, in the day of trouble, there will be scarcity of warriors. And no kingdom advances with children. Every time there is crisis, the first casualty are children. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 2 verse 18 that Rachel was found weeping. Because her child was no more. Children are vulnerable in the face of war. And the dispensation where we are. Warfare is the predominant operation in the spirit realm. Every spirit is on an offensive ride of colonization. This is why a generation must rise that understand how to wield the sword of the spirit. But if all we teach and all we know is how to receive from God, no matter how spiritual I sound, we are at the lowest level of kingdom operation, welfare. When the guy gives, all he's thinking of is to receive. There's a level where somebody gives because he knows that his money is a weapon. He didn't even remember to tell God that this money I'm giving, give me back a car. All he's thinking of is how the gospel can invade Afghanistan. All he's thinking of is how the gospel can invade Pakistan. For that, he can sell his car. Meanwhile, there's another babe who gives his 10,000 and he's expecting 1 million. Even if he's scam. But they are, they are welfare Christians. Welfare. 
everything they look at, they are checking for their advantage. But what you don't know is that if you live on the corridor of welfare for too long, flesh will be resurrected. Yes. Pledge or resurrects what? Flesh. He wants to marry, he checks. Okay, the sister works, uh, uh, the sister she works with oil, the oil company. Then he comes, he say, when we get married, will your submission reach a level where you will show your salary? Will you submit your salary? You know in this kingdom, submission is a must. You don't compare submission. Submission is a function of your revelation of the Lordship of Jesus. It's a mystery in this kingdom. Let me divert a bit and explain something. Love in marriage has nothing to do with emotion. If emotion is a part of it, it's an advantage. Go and study the scriptures. You will never see where the Bible says, marry who you love. But love who you marry is a commandment. That means marital love is spiritual. And marital love is the love of the spirit of God. It is not emotional. It is a commandment. For the man, love for him to his wife is sacrifice. So the extent to which a man can give up everything about him for his wife is the revelation of his love. The same way Christ died for the church. The emotion is flavor. But when you live together for 40 years, you will discover that emotion will be dying. Emotion will be dying, but sacrifice will be growing. A point will come when, if they touch your wife, you will feel the pain before she feels it. Because the economy of marriage is designed such that you will die to flesh. Marriage is an institution that God puts in place to, to deal with flesh. The highest blow that he can ever feel. Because the hardest thing for a man to do is to sacrifice. He thinks he's a king. So everything is about him. When he shows his clothes, he puts a shoulder pad and he makes the chest broad. So that he will stand like this. So God now comes and says, break. Because of your wife. And he can't see why he will do it. Why should I do this? Even when he tries to, he now says, what will people say? Love for a man in marriage is sacrifice. It's not emotion. And love for a woman in marriage is submission. You know, the woman thinks everything should be given to her. If you say money, give me. If you say milk, give me. If you say excursion, give me. If you say, um, let's go for, to Dubai, yes. She lives for pleasure. So God now says, everything you have received, go and give it back to your husband. She can't understand why. At the end of the day, flesh is defeated in both of them. Because what God wants to achieve is the mystery of oneness. Creation works by the mystery of oneness. That's why you breathe oxygen. You breathe carbon dioxide as byproduct. The, the plant receives it as its own food. And the plant breathes oxygen as byproduct. You receive it for your life. It's oneness. So that you give away your strength for another to survive. And the other gives away her strength for you to survive. At the end of the day, the two of you will be lost. So it becomes a building, the house of God. You can't see which block was chiseled. You can't see which block was, was hidden at the foundation. So the block going to the foundation will never be seen, but it's not troubled. Because at the end of the day, you will not see any block. What you see will be a house. So our flesh will give way. And it applies in every sphere. This is why God wants us to migrate. The reason God gives us everything he gives us, 
Yes, there's enjoyment in it, but much more is a trust that he's handing over to us so that we can establish the kingdom in this realm. If you eat everything you have received, you are a man that your God is your belly. You will not have stature in the spirit. And everything you receive that you call promotion is vanity. Because you will not be interacting with reality. The opposite of reality is vanity. If a man cannot establish the kingdom in time, everything he received from God was a waste. Everything, no matter how it sounds. And if, no matter how spiritual you think you are, if all your spiritual transaction results in natural things alone, and you cannot come to a point where you advance the kingdom, you are not spiritual. You are a man of the flesh. Promotion is from welfare to warfare. You know, God told me this year, of the three kinds of people he will raise because of what is coming to the earth. The Lord told me persecution is about to be heightened because he said the devil is being hades, is being let loose because of the strategic season. He said, therefore, a generation must rise. He said he will raise three kinds of people. The first kinds of people he will raise are missionaries. He said, these ones, they will have such doggedness of spirit that they can risk everything, including their lives, to take the gospel to the seven mountains of influence, regardless of territorial influences, regardless of geographical location. I said, wow. Because while he was speaking, I was finding out where are we fitting. Because I want to serve in this kingdom. I've understood that the way to the top is service. <laughs> Not just that I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. All of us are children of God. But the thrones in heaven are different. Because thrones are not a function of, the, of divine birth. They are a function of divine service. Missionaries that will enter into the earth, they will be burning with fire. They want to bring Jesus everywhere. By fire. By power. Jesus must be enthroned. He said he will give them a strange grace that will make them to to. To confound men. Men will wonder by what means they do what they do. And he said, thirdly, he will give them authority to challenge territorial influences. He said, the second category of people he will raise are cave dwellers. Those are intercessors. He said, the job of the intercessors is to generate spiritual energy. First, for those in mission. And secondly, for territorial ambience that will allow the advancement of the kingdom of God. That was when scriptures began to come alive. And now saw that the reason the work of God was prospering in Colos was because Epaphras was praying. So you will go for mission and intercessor is praying. That's why you are prospering. And he said for those intercessors, he will give them encounters. So much encounters that the spirit realm will become like their habitat. They will know God in experiential sense. So that they will not be distracted from that assignment. Because a lot will depend on it. Some of them will be generating incense for territorial operation. Some of them will be generating incense for missionaries in mission. And God said the third set of people he will raise are sons of consolation. He said those ones, he will give them wisdom for wealth creation. Wealth. They will master the act of influence and they will walk in corridors of power. But the reason they are there is because they will be the engine room and supply power of men in cave and men in the mission field. So many will enter into dangerous wealth. But it's not for pleasure. What they will enter into will be bigger than pleasure. You know, it's because what we have is changed. That's why we think of car. If you come to a point where you have 
the sons of the world, they know what wealth is. You know, pastors don't have integrity because they don't know wealth. Prophets don't have integrity, they've not seen wealth. That's why you can manipulate somebody for one million. If you come to a point where, oh Jesus, God needs to help us to see what is coming. To see what is coming is massive. Where a young man of 35 will gain so much wisdom for wealth that he will be a billionaire in dollars. What do you do with it? How many cars can you buy? You have to, of course, sponsor a kingdom. And God will teach them that what he gives to them is not for pleasure. It's for kingdom. That's the strategy that God is invoking in this season. Some of you will find yourself with so much fire. You want to carry Jesus everywhere. It is kingdom. Some of you have bought him for prayer that you will travel for 10 hours just to go and do a retreat for 5 days and pray. You don't have a prayer point. It is what is going on. God will migrate people and form a conclave of warriors in the spirit. So much so that a system will be raised that will be invincible to darkness. Everybody will stand in his rank. And you will see that most of the leading revivalists, most of the leading revivalists today, you will see that they will be separated into these three quadrants. You will find some emphasizing prayer as if prayer is the only thing to do. If you don't hear that voice in your heart, know that you are not in that quadrant. Don't go there by sentiment. You are in another quadrant. You will see another person emphasizing wealth and money. You will say, hey, this man has lost his fire. He's not lost. He has not lost his fire. He has only identified his system, his ranking, and he's committing himself. Because some of them will build wealthy men. And if you are in the quadrant of raising wealthy men, don't think it's for you to have sons that are millionaires. That will come and cast their seed at the feet of the apostle. So that you will build things, you will have institution. No, kingdom come first. It must be deployed for the advancement of the kingdom. Most of you may fall into any of those quadrants. So it's better to hear. If fire comes into your heart that you cannot contain it, it's not strange. What's happening to you is happening to a lot of people. God is only separating people into their ranking. And when you find yourself alive, but we must of necessity journey from warfare to warfare. And when we come to warfare, then we journey into immortal or eternal establishment. Everything God puts in our hand, we must develop a strategy to make that thing live or outlive us. If it's a ministry, people must be mentored to carry your spirit and to carry your convictions to the next generation. If it's a business, people must be mentored. Selfishness will not be allowed in this day. Everybody must become liberal with what he has and ensure that it is transmitted from generation to generation. Because that dynasty will become the conduit through which the move of God will be sustained. The days where one person preached and is a superstar, everybody coming to that location is looking for only that man. And then he waits. When they have finished praise and worship, he is not coming out. When they have finished prayer, then he throws out like this. That day is gone. God is not raising a man. He's raising an army. So be liberal with everything God has committed to you. If what you have ends with you, you are a failure. It must be transmitted. And let me tell you something. Discipleship is hard. I came to a point, I realized that there are many elders in the body of Christ. There are few fathers. Eldership is stature in the spirit. Fatherhood is a heart. Not many can commit. They can afford for 1,000 people to serve them. But it takes, it takes all you have to raise 500 men. 
Jesus for three and a half years raised 500 men. And all of them had stature. When Judas fell, and Judas fell because by prophecy he was the son of perdition. They were able to just pick any two people that walked in and out with Jesus. And those guys came in and matched up with Peter and John. Because discipleship was cardinal. Jesus poured himself to them as a drink offering. Fathers, true fathers must rise in the body of Christ that are willing to commit their secrets, their resources and their life to the next generation. Because the quality of their work will not be revealed in them. It will be revealed in the people they raise. The quality of Jesus' work was not in himself. It was in the disciples. They could not deny that this man truly rose from the dead. Because not one of the disciples changed their mind. You can't plan anything like that. And all of them were martyred. They were killed. Apart from John, they were all killed. How come not one person changed his mind? The resurrection is what our faith hinges on. So the testimony of the disciples is the reason our faith is viable. If one of them woke up and said, sorry, 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 Jesus didn't resurrect. We stole his body till tomorrow. The impact of Christianity would have been depleted. That means the quality of Jesus' work was manifested in the quality of his disciples. It is called immortal establishment. This is how kingdom is not just advanced but preserved. The heritage of God is sustained from generation to generation. Paul said to Timothy, he said, the things you have received from me before many witnesses, the same, the same, not less in quality, the same commit to faithful men. This is not cloning. This is bringing men to drink of your spirit so they can do what you do. Promotion in the kingdom from welfare to warfare to immortal establishment. You see how it goes? A child is concerned about warfare. A young man, a child is concerned about welfare. A young man is concerned about warfare. A father is concerned about establishment. There are consistent patterns in the kingdom. Consistent patterns. Never waste your life on the altar of pleasure. Never waste your destiny on the bed of sleep. Wake up and take responsibility. That's why you are a young man. If you know these things, your life will count in time and in eternity. Most of us here, our voices are supposed to be echoing in different territories already. But we don't understand kingdom responsibilities. We can afford to wake up by 8 a.m. Be on Facebook till 4 p.m. Watch a movie till 10 p.m. Because we have not understood that we need to grow from being children to young men. The young man is the one that the word of God abides in. The one that is strong and the one that can challenge the evil one. We have not come there. So the reason the kingdom is lacking is because we have not risen. There is no glory in inviting one man to 36 states in one year. It's a sign that men are lacking in the body. Every man should stand and defend his territory. When young people have been invited here and there, it's because many are sleeping. The reason we come is because we want to lend our voice to the monarch of Zion as a thunder, as an alarm to reawaken the potentials that are dormant on your inside. Most of you here are national revivalists. You can be a lady, you can be free. God is not looking for your strength. That's why I began with death. If it's your strength, none of us qualifies. God is looking for you in your frailty. 
so that he can pour his grace in you and you become a reflection of his eternal excellency. Will you wake up? The last thing I wanted to show us is the hardest level of kingdom advancement from be to becoming a martyr. Those easier to becoming a martyr. Those dimensions are not for everybody. That one is a special ordination in the kingdom. Men that come into the kingdom, they become citizens. There's a difference between membership and citizenship. A member has privileges. A citizen has rights. On the strength of his right, he becomes an envoy that defends the integrity of the kingdom. So much so that even the principalities will testify that a man is risen. That's why Jesus told them, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When you become a kingdom envoy, then God sends you out as a witness. Witnesses are men that give testimony to a dimension by death. Their life, their blood is part of their testimony. That's a dimension that the church is coming into. And we need to raise not only young martyrs, but baby martyrs. Children like Leah Sharibu that will say no in the face of death. Her kidnap was a statement that that dimension will soon come upon the church. So that your son of five years old believe Jesus to a level where he can say no to food. He can say no to life for Jesus to be testified. That dimension must come, but men must have encounters that will trigger it. This morning we will pray. The Bible said men that were able to die, they saw something that was invincible. It said Moses denied not God because he saw him that was invincible. We have only seen things in the natural. We have not seen the glory that multiplies. We have not seen the glory that increases in measure. We have not seen the eternal glory. He said, why we look not at the things which are seen? But the things that are unseen, because the things that are unseen, they are eternal. This morning we want to pray and cry. Lord, show me those eternal dimensions that will make me become a witness of the kingdom. You want to pray? It's time to rise. You reign. You reign. You reign. You reign, Cardon. You are mighty on your throne. Listen, I took time to share these things so that you will pray with understanding. You will not pray emotionally, you will pray with understanding. As I explained it, you know where you are. Some of us have been around the mountains of welfare for too long. God wants us to come to the place of warfare where he can invest authority and power. Some of us have been children for long. God wants us to come into adulthood in the kingdom. You know where you are standing. I want us to pray with understanding that by all means, I will be relevant in this generation. There were men that served God until their generation was branded after them. You hear the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In what context will he be called the God of Micah? Where will he be called the God of Nathaniel? Jesus showed up, he said, until the time of John, the kingdom of God was preached. That means John was the dispensational marker between the law and grace. What did he see? What did he enter? How did he live his life so much that even the immortals could not deny his relevance? Men that walked on earth until they became eternal excellences, like the very monarch of Zion. What did they see? Jesus said, him that overcomes will I give a new name. But there are men that inherited their name on earth. In heaven, Abraham is still called Abraham. Because he entered 
into his heavenly reality on earth. In heaven, Peter is still Peter. He ended it on earth. What will you enter into that will make you become a seal in eternity? That's what we want to pray for this morning. Lord, show me what I must see in order to migrate in this kingdom. What is it that I must know? I want to know it now. You are 20 years, you think you are young. Time is deceptive. You will still be seeing yourself when you are 40, you will think you are young. When you are 60, you will still feel your youthfulness. You will think you are young. This is the time to cry.